chapter 1. 1 Samuel chapter 1. Mm. Now there was a certain man of Raphim, Zophim, of the mountains of Ephraim. And his name was Elkanah, the son of Jerohim, the son of Elihu, the son of Bubba, the son of Zophim. See, when I can't pronounce names, I just call them all Bubba. And, and he had two wives. The name of one was Hannah, and the name of the other was Penaniah, Nunaniah. Peniah, Peninnah. Peninnah had three had children, but Hannah had no children. This man went up from the city yearly to worship and sacrifice to the Lord of hosts in Shiloh. Also, the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas, the priests of the Lord, were there. And whenever the time came for Elkanah to make an offering, he would give portions to Peninnah, his wife, and to all her sons and daughters. Watch this. But to Hannah, he would give a double portion. For he loved Hannah, although the Lord had closed her womb. Everybody say closed. And her rival provoked her severely to make her miserable because the Lord had closed her womb. And so it was year by year when she went up to the house of the Lord that she provoked her. Therefore she wept and did not eat. This is the story of Hannah. You, uh, many of you may know the story of Hannah. You may know that Hannah, uh, the story of how Hannah became a mother. Hannah is probably uh, one of the more famous stories in Scripture that people like to use when they talk about mothers. So I thought it's best that we hear the rest of the story of Hannah today. You know part of Hannah's story, but you might not know the rest of the story. If I can, because of, of, the, of the turbo speed that my mind is spinning at today, could I pause at this moment and do something for the mothers that I wanted to do before I got into all that I just got into. I want to acknowledge and recognize the mothers. This was given to me many, many years ago. I think I've read it every year now for the past probably seven or eight years. I think there's no better way to honor all the mothers than this. And of course, this is also part of my message on Hannah. So to the mothers, I want to read this to you. To, to those who have gave birth this year to their first child, we celebrate with you. To those who lost a child this year, we mourn with you. To those who are in the trenches with little ones every day, and wear the badge of food stains. We appreciate you. To those who experience loss through miscarriage, failed adoptions, or even running away, we mourn with you. To those who walk the hard path of infertility, fraught with pokes and prods, tears and disappointments, we walk with you. Forgive us when we say foolish things. We don't mean to, mean to make things harder. To those who are foster moms, mentor moms, and spiritual moms, we need you. To those who have, warm, who have warm and close relationships with your children, we celebrate with you. To those who have disappointment, heartache, and distance with their children, we sit with you. To those who have lost their mothers this year, we grieve with you. To those who have experienced abuse at the hands of your own mother, we acknowledge your experience. To those who live through driving tests, medical tests, and the overall testing of motherhood, we are better for having you in our midst. 
To those who have aborted children, we remember them and we remember you on this day and we love you. To those who are single and long to be married and mothering your own children, we mourn that life has not turned out the way you long for it to be and we pray for you. For those who step-parent, we walk with you on this complex path and we celebrate you and your unselfish heart. To those who have envisioned lavishing love own grandchildren, yet that dream is not to be yet. We grieve with you. Those who have emptier nests in the upcoming year, we grieve and rejoice with you. To those who place children for adoption, we commend you for your selflessness and remember how you hold that child in your heart. And to those who are pregnant with new life, both expected and surprising, we anticipate you. In other words, mothers, we celebrate you. Can we give the Lord a praise right now? Hallelujah for all of our mothers. Hallelujah. Thank you, mothers. See, Hannah was not a mother. Her her claim to fame is that she was barren. Her claim to fame was that she was not a mother. That's why we know her story. And it it was not just that she was not a mother. It is one of the most painful experiences and, and most dedicated desires to be a mother that you'll ever know. Elkanah had two wives. One could have children. One could not. More than likely, but we know how much he loved Hannah because he gave her a double portion than he gave his other wife who was able to bear children, sons and daughters. We know that he would prefer to have just been with Hannah. He, this, is, this is not a justification for modern times, but in those times, that's the way it was. That Just like Abraham, you know, when Sarah was barren, he, he went another route. And he probably went another route because he wanted to have children and a legacy. And he thought, as much as I love Hannah, it's not going to happen with her. So he needed someone else and probably... Because of custom, that's how it happened. But we know that, he, that Elkanah loved his wife, Hannah. See, in those days, the one thing that all women desired more than anything was to be a mother. Especially to be a mother of a son because that, that would bring prestige and, and it would bring blessings from the father. The double portion was recognized as double honor for the woman that she was. It wasn't just that she was honored because uh, he loved her. He was honored, she was honored because she was a woman of God. How many knows that one of the greatest examples of Hannah, if you know her story, and I'm going to preach just very quickly to get you out of here in time to go be with your family, is that no matter the fact that she was in anguish and in pain and in loss and could not understand why God was not doing this for her, she still praised God. Church, let me ask you a question. Can you praise God? Can you still love God? Can you still call Him a good God when consistently what you've prayed for and desired has not happened? In fact, can you still call Him a good God, praise Him, worship Him, and serve Him when the very opposite of the thing you've asked Him to do has happened? When you've lost, when you've gone through tragedy, when someone that you love has gone on, When you've lost your job, you've lost your business, you're battling depression, you're battling attacks from your children because they've turned on you. Will you still praise God? See, 
It's easy to shout amen. It's easy to shout yes until you've had to go through that point. Until you had a desperation where you hear the doctor say to you, we've ran all the tests, Hannah. We've run every possibility and everything that's been created in medicine to help you. And you are not a candidate for any of them. I'm very sorry to tell you, Hannah. You cannot have children. Let me tell you something. That is something that a woman does not want to hear, especially if it's a woman who's desiring to have children. But you know what Hannah did? Hannah continued to praise the Lord. Hannah continued to serve her husband and to serve God. Let me show you something. Not trying to belittle that situation. If you're battling that in the physical, first of all, we believe the report of the Lord. Amen? First of all, we, we will tell you this. God has the ability to open up a closed womb. Praise God. How many knows God has the ability to reverse a diagnosis? Praise the Lord. If God can heal cancer, he can open up a womb. Come on, somebody hearing me. God, it, let me tell you something. For you men too, he can open up whatever he needs to open up. The Bible says, what are you laughing at? <laughs> the Bible said that God, now watch this, had closed her womb. Do you understand there's difference between a closed door and a welded or sealed door? A closed door can be open. A sealed door cannot, at least without destruction and a lot of work. In other words, say this with me. A closed door is a temporary situation. See, some of y'all have come up on a closed door. You've been praying for God to open the door, and the door's not open yet. But the Lord has told you this door is closed to you for a reason at this time in your life. How many knows the Bible says God will open doors that no man can shut? And he will, you don't like this part, shut doors that no man can open. Let me tell you something. If God shuts a door, you don't want to open it. Because everything that God does, he does for your good. If God shut the door, you better stay there, wait and anticipate for the Lord to open that door. Mm. Are y'all with me? Are you thinking about that ham and that macaroni and cheese? I am. <laughs> See, she was, she was blessed, but she was persecuted. Oh, y'all don't want. She was blessed in the spirit, but persecuted by the one that was blessed in the natural. The one that had what she wanted and then some was not satisfied with having what she had, she was not satisfied until she fully destroyed her competition who in the natural didn't have anything that 
she had. Are y'all hearing me? Everything that the husband wanted from the wife, the other wife had. Everything that the husband wanted a wife from a wife, Hannah did not have in the natural. Mm. Let me tell you something. People who have things, that doesn't make them happy. See, some of y'all think that if you had a bigger house, you'd be happier. If you had a better car, you'd be happier. Some of y'all have made declarations. You've looked at your bills and you've counted up your debt and you've said things like this to God. God, if I had $20,000, God, if I had $10,000, God, if I had $5,000 to pay this debt off, I'm telling you right now, I would, my entire being, my entire existence would be different. I'd be, I'd be able to be a giver. I'd be able to go on mission trips. I'd be able to, you've made all kinds of proclamations. If you had this, let me just tell you something from my experience. I don't, have, I don't even have to know that. I don't even have to pray about this one. I know this is fact. But I'm, not, I'm not saying this to everybody. But many people have made those proclamations. This is the truth. The truth is you would not do what you've proclaimed to do before God if you had that. Because you've not tried to do any of that with what you already have. Just because you can't give $5,000 to missions don't mean you can't give fifty. Are you hearing me? You ain't going to be faithful with $5,000 if you ain't been faithful with $500. Some of y'all got the stimulus check, and instead of putting it on debt, you wouldn't bought a TV. And now you're complaining because you, you need another check. The Lord said you should have put that on your rent. Is this, is this microphone working? Because sometimes it cuts out. Sometimes it cuts out, and I didn't know if it cut out just then. Isn't it interesting that the woman who had it all was still jealous of the one who had nothing? Because the devil knows the most valuable thing that you can have is a full-on relationship with God. Listen, before Hannah had a relationship with her husband, let me tell you something. Hannah had a relationship with God. Listen to me, single folk. You don't need to be looking for somebody that's got a nice car. Oh, that'd be great if that's an extra. You don't need to be looking for somebody that's got a nice house. You need to be looking for somebody that knows how to talk to God. You need to be looking for somebody that knows how to walk with God. You need to be looking for somebody that when you lose that house, they're still going to be there. If you lose that car, they're still going to be there. If the economy tanks, they're still going to be in the floor praying with you, praising that's who you need. See, mm, Happy Mother's Day. Verse 8, then Elkanah, her husband, said to her, Hannah, why do you weep? Why do you not eat? And why is your heart grieved? Am I not better to you than ten sons? So Hannah arose after they had finished eating and drinking in Shiloh. Now Eli the priest was sitting on the seat by the doorpost of the tabernacle of the Lord. And she was in bitterness of soul and prayed to the Lord and wept in anguish. Then she made, I'm going to tell you something, it was a crazy vow. Then she made a vow and said of the Lord of hosts, 
If you will indeed look on the affliction of your maidservant and, you mem- and remember me, do not forget your maidservant, but, but will give your maidservant a male child. Comma. Then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life and no razor shall come to his head. And it has happened as she continued praying before the Lord. Watch this. This is, this is, this is actually pretty funny. Eli was watching her mouth. Now Hannah, oh, you got to get this, spoke in her heart. Only her lips moved, but her voice was not heard. Therefore, Eli thought she was drunk. In other words, everything she just said to God, she said out of her spirit, man, she still moved her mouth, but it looked like this to everybody else. Huh? I'm telling you, Eli said, look at that crazy woman. It's early in the day. She's drunk. Eli said to her, how long you going to be drunk, woman? Put your wine away from you. Am I reading the Bible? Put your... <laughs> Sometimes the Bible's just funny, y'all. I'm telling you, it's just funny. Put your wine away, woman. But Hannah answered, no, my Lord. I am a woman of sorrowful spirit. I have drunk neither wine nor intoxicating drink, but have poured out my soul before the Lord. Come on. Let me just tell you something. When I read that, when I was studying that this week, I thought about, I thought about Acts chapter 2. I thought about when the holy wine of God started being poured out in that upper room and Peter stood up and said, these men are not drunk as you suppose. He never said they wasn't drunk. He just said they're not drunk as you suppose. I'll tell you right now, I believe Hannah had tapped into something even in the Old Testament, had tapped into the presence of God. We knew it happened in the Bible because the Bible said when the temple was dedicated, the priest got drunk and could not stand to minister. I believe in her mind she answered correctly because she knew she had not drank anything in the natural but what she didn't realize is what Eli the prophet was, the priest was seeing was truly a drunk woman but not as he supposed praise God. She had been drinking of a wine that Eli didn't even know how to tap into. Are y'all hearing me? She was drinking of a wine of the presence of God. She was in, the Bible says she poured out her soul before the Lord. Do not consider your maid service a wicked woman, for out of the abundance of my complaint or my pain and grief, I have spoken until now. Then Eli answered and said, Go in peace, and the God of Israel grant your petition which you have asked of him. And she said, Let your maid servant find favor in your sight. So the women went her way and ate some food, and her face was no longer sad. What a story. See, let me tell you something about Hannah. And I'm coming to a close. Let me tell you something about Hannah. Hannah, people think her driving motivation, you got to get this, was to give her husband a son. Oh, she wanted to do that. But let me tell you something about Hannah. Hannah didn't just want a son. For Elkanah, Hannah wanted to be a mother. Oh, you didn't get it. Her longing was not to just have a son to give to her husband and to take his name. Her longing was she just wanted to be a mother. 
Are y'all hearing me? Got any mamas in the house hearing me right now? How many knows you get pregnant regardless of the circumstances? You get pregnant, that baby starts growing in you, but in your belly, expected or unexpected. You go through all the stages, you get all the way to that nine-month last part. You're miserable. You love that baby. He's kicking you. She's kicking you all night long. And you move from all oh, this is so precious. You're taking pictures of going, get out of me. That's right. Get out of my belly. Flick. That's a flip on the, on, the, on the thing. So, but when that baby comes, and you see that baby and you hold that baby, am I not right, mamas? The world changes. And all the pain was worth it. Right? See, Hannah's longing for a son was rooted in her desire, not just to have the favor of her husband, but to bless the Lord and his house. Remember what she said? She said, Lord, if you'll give me a son so that I can be a mother, I will give that son back to you to serve in your house. What a crazy vow. See, she had a giving spirit. A giving spirit in a servant's heart will always touch the heart of God. Everything changed. She, was, she looked sickly. She would not eat. She was frail. But when she got a word, are y'all hearing me? When she got one single word from the man of God on behalf of God, she got up. Nothing, she didn't feel nothing change inside of her. Can I be real with you? She hadn't just come from being with her husband probably, and he wasn't there. But it did, so all the things that she had done to make a baby, she had done it many other times. Not, in her mind, nothing was different about that day, but everything changed when she got a word. Are y'all hearing me? How many know sometimes all you need is a word? Sometimes it comes to you while Pastor Larry's preaching or somebody else is in here preaching. Sometimes it comes from your personal Bible study. Sometimes it comes from a song. Sometimes it comes from a street sign. Sometimes it just comes from inside of you. Sometimes it comes from the mouth of a baby. Sometimes it comes from a total stranger. Sometimes it comes from something that you're reading. Oh, y'all hear me? Sometimes it comes from a bumper sticker, an Instagram, a meme. I'm going to tell you, God works and moves in mysterious ways. And I'm going to tell you, sometimes all you need is one single word all you need to be is reminded that God is still on the scene and all of a sudden something rises up inside of you you splash some water on your face you go get something to eat you stand up and something tells you something inside of you tells you I should say someone inside of you tells you something just changed You ever had that happen to you? If you hadn't, I pray that it happens to you. Two-second battery changer. He's been practicing. 
What, 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 whatever the union had me paying you before, I'm going to double it. Whatever the pastor personal assistant union dictates. Somebody say, all I need is a word. Mm. Verse 19, then they rose up early in the morning and worshiped before the Lord and returned and came to the house of Ramah. And Elkanah knew Hannah, his wife. Y'all know what that means, right? Okay. You ever heard somebody say, they knew each other in a biblical sense. That's what that means. And the Lord remembered her. So it came to pass in the process of time, how I many knows that's nine months, that Hannah conceived and bore a son, called his name Samuel, saying, Because I have asked for him from the Lord. Now the man Elkanah and all the house came time to go up and offer to the Lord the yearly sacrifice and his vow, Passover. But Hannah did not go up, for she said to her husband, Listen to this proclamation, you'll miss it. I'm not going. Why not? I'm not going. Not until the child is completely weaned, so that he does not need me to feed him anymore. When he is weaned, then I'll go with you and take him, that he may appear before the Lord and remain there forever. This is a mama who had asked God for a son, asked God to be a mother, and she makes a proclamation to her husband. God has granted my wish, and I'm going to cherish every moment I have with him. I'm going to feed him, and I'm going to nourish him. Because when I go with you that time, he will not come back with me ever again. What a statement. So Elkanah, her husband, said to her, do what seems best to you. Wait until you have weaned him. Only let the Lord establish his word. Then the woman stayed and nursed her son until she had weaned him. Now when she had weaned him, she took him up with her with three bulls, one ephah of flour, and a skin of wine, and brought it to the house of the Lord in Shiloh. The child was young. Then they slaughtered a bull and brought the child to Eli. And she said to him, O my Lord, as your soul lives, my Lord, I am the woman who stood stood by you here praying to the Lord. For this child I prayed, and the Lord has granted me my petition when I ask of him. Therefore, I also have lent him to the Lord. As long as he lives, he shall be lent to the Lord. So they worshiped the Lord there. Can I tell you something? The Lord remembered her. The Lord remembered her vow. Eli took him a little while, but he finally remembered this woman that he thought was drunk. He was, she, oh yeah, he was the drunk woman that I thought was drunk. And you, you, you was weeping and, and, and just travailing before God. Oh, I remember giving you that word of the Lord. This is the son. This is the son. Yes, this is the son. And just as I said before you and God, I'm here to honor my word. Let me just tell you something. There will come a time, you ain't going to like this word, there will come a time that God will ask you to release something dear to your heart to Him. Did you hear me? I didn't say that God's going to tell you to make your son come live with me. Huh? First of all, I don't think that kid would want to live with me. Secondly, 
I don't want that kid to live with me. I love you, kid, but that kid needs to live with you. I'm, 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 I'm in the pawpaw world now. Come on, somebody. I'm in that world where my babies come see me. I play with them. I'm, the, I'm, the, I'm everything to their world. And then I pack them up and put them back in the car seat and send them home. Can I get an amen? I'm through raising kids, praise God. But I'm telling you, there will come a time that God will look at you. It might be your talent. It might be the thing your mom and daddy told you all your life you was destined to be and you've been singing ever since you was in vacation Bible school and you got dreams of singing and being in the Grammys and all of this and, and making millions of dollars and God may look at you and say, no, 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 no. I say your talent will be on the platform leading people into my presence. Are you willing? Are you willing to give up a secular dream? For the favor of God. I'm not saying you can't have a secular dream and have the favor of God. I'm not saying that you can't be in that world and have the favor of God on you. But sometimes difficult choices have to be made. See, I've, that's why I said something about yard sales before. I talk about yard sales when I'm talking about this. You say, what, what, what's yard sales got to do with this? Because here's what happens on people's yard sales. They feel so good about helping the needy in missions by giving away things they don't want anymore. They feel so justified and, and, and so proud of their giving spirit by clearing out all the things they don't wear anymore, all the things that, they, that are out of style, and all the things they wouldn't be caught dead in that's got holes in or wore out, and then they give that to missions, and they're so proud of themselves. And they kept all the good clothes. They kept all the good furniture. They kept all the good stuff because when they start going through things, they want to give. Oh, well, I don't want to give that away. I got to keep that. I love that one. I love that one. I love it. Every once in a while, you might need to, when you get ready for a yard sale, to pull out one of your favorite things and bless somebody else with it. Come on, somebody, because that's that's a gift. Will you take that as a little minuscule example of what I'm trying to say and take it to a whole another spiritual level? God is sometimes going to say, you know, listen, I, I heard this statement a long time ago. I didn't know how to process it first, but, I'm, but, but I got it over time. Here it is. The Lord doesn't ask for much. He just asks for everything. The Bible says the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. It all belongs to the Lord. Are y'all with me? But now I want you to see something quick and I'm, I'm closing. Watch this. So she goes through all of this. She brings her son to Eli. And she says, verse 28, Therefore, I, have, I also have lent him to the Lord. As long as he lives, he shall be lent to the Lord. How many knows when you lend something, you don't give it? How many knows what that meant was? It wasn't. It didn't mean that she's going to renege on what she said. She's going to take back what she said. She was just saying, even though I am placing him here to your service and then going back home without him, I am not relinquishing that I am his mother. So yes, God. 
I'm giving him to your service. And yes, God, ultimately, just like I am and every other person is yours. That boy is still mine. How many knows when you see somebody else being blessed and using something that either used to be yours or you gave to them and you can still rejoice, you finally got at a place of peace in your life. How many knows, if you've been asking God, this ain't exactly what I'm talking about, but this might help somebody. This is sort of what I'm talking about. If you've been praying for God, and you've been going, you've been faithful, you've been tithing, you've been giving an offering, you've been sowing first fruits, you've been doing all kinds of things for years, and you've just been asking God for a new truck, and you ain't never been able to get a new truck, and you see somebody, they ain't been coming to church here for even six weeks, and you don't even know if they're even tithing, you don't even know if they're even saved, and they pull up in a new truck. You got to be able to rejoice for somebody else's blessing. Even if somebody else's blessing looked like they got what you were supposed to get. But on, a, on another side, sometimes you're in a position of authority in ministry or on your job or something like that. And God shifts things in your life and someone else takes that position. Or maybe someone else gets a promotion that you were in line to get. And you, de you deserve to get. Can you praise God, praise God when you see somebody else operating in what you know you deserve to be operating in? Can God find you faithful because let me tell you something, when you're, when you're able to praise God, when you see somebody else walking in what you know was supposed to be your blessing, God is faithful to honor that. His favor will give you something better than what you think you missed out on. Somebody ought to praise the Lord right now. So when she walked away, she walked away not from saying, I'm never going to see my son again. Because she knew every time she'd come to the house of God, she'd see her son. And he'd run up and kiss her. They would correspond together. They probably wrote each other. They probably saw each other a lot. She did not relinquish her son. She gave her son to service to the Lord. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm almost through. Quit laughing. It is interesting that when she walked away and headed back, she could not have known the magnitude of that gift. She could not have imagined the rest of the story. See, in her mind, her story, the story of Hannah, <laughs> was the story of a barren woman persecuted and mocked who had a child had a son. The ultimate. Everything she asked of God, she got. And her story seems to end by a perfect example of faithfulness, steadfastness, and giving and serving. By bringing that son, probably talk. Can you imagine? She weaned that child, all the things that she tried to say to him. 
speak over his life knowing that once I realize that you're, you no longer need me to feed you, I don't have these opportunities anymore. God will have to do this for you. The man of God will have to do this. Can you imagine that, that walk, holding hands on the way to the temple, all the things she said to her son? Knowing this is my last time to really have these kind of discussions. So that when she put him into Eli's hands and said, he's yours now. She thought that's the end of the story. She thought that's the end of Hannah's story. But that's not the rest of the story. She could have never known that that boy would become who that boy became. That boy, that miracle, that son that was lent unto the Lord was able to sit under the Eli. He, he had a quarters that he stayed in, a little bed that was right next. The Bible said it was right next to the room of Eli the prophet. And we don't, you know, a few years went by. We don't know how many years went by, but he was just a young boy. And one night he's laying there. Probably I can see this in my mind. His mama every night on her knees praying for her son, saying, God, use my son. God, I gave you my son. I don't know why I was so strong in my heart to give you my son. But he's in your house right now. Use my son. Remember my son. Don't forget my son. And while she's on the other side, way away by herself without her son, praying for her son, her son is asleep. And he's awakened as a young boy by a voice coming out of the room. Samuel, arise. He gets up. He hears the voice. The voice sounds just like the same voice of Eli. Because the Eli was the father figure in his life. A lot of times the voice of the father will sound like your father. A lot of times it will sound like a familiar voice. He runs into the next room. He says, here I am. Here I am, sir. What did you need? Eli says, what are you talking about? Boy, I sound asleep. I don't need you. Go back to sleep. I thought you called my name. That wasn't me. Go back to sleep, boy. You're having dreams. He goes back to sleep. He lays. This is just gospel according to Larry, but I just, I just got a feeling this is how it was working, man. He goes back to sleep. And while he's trying to just sleep, there's Hannah. I just can see her. This is gospel according to Larry, y'all. But I could just see Hannah troubled on that night because that night something was significantly going to change in her son. She's troubled in her spirit and she's just praying, God, protect my son, use my son. I don't know what's going on, but something's happening with my son. Samuel, get up. I'm here, sir. I'm here, sir. What did you want? What did you want? Boy, you're crazy. You're hearing voices. I'm going to pray for you. Go back to bed. I'm going to pray for you, son. You're hearing voices. Okay, okay. Disappointed. God, that's my boy. I just know you're going to use my boy. Speak to my son. Show my son he's got a destiny and a purpose. Speak to my son. Samuel, get up. 
I know you called me crazy. I know you said I'm hearing voices, but I heard you again. You called my name. The Bible says Eli looks at him and comes to himself, wakes up enough to realize. And me, son. Go back and lay down in your bed, and when you hear it again, don't come to me. Sit up in your bed and say these words Here I am, Lord. He laid down again and he waited. Here comes back the gospel according to Larry again, but I can just see it. Oh, God. Speak to my son. Show my son. Speak to my son. I gave him to you, God. He's not called just to just lay there. He's called to greatness. Samuel, get up. Here I am, Lord. God begins to speak to that boy and prepare that boy to be the prophet to the nation not just the prophet to the nation but the rest of the story from this young woman this young mama mama wannabe who had this son who she thought was the rest of her story had no idea that her son would be the one that God would have such a relationship with that they would talk just me like, like I'm talking to you it would be the most common thing for Samuel just to hear the voice of God and one day Samuel is just talking to God and God says Samuel you shall be the one that shall anoint the first king of my people go and anoint the king go anoint Saul as king the first king that shall ever be the king over my nation. He goes and anoints King Saul. And of course, King Saul lived and has a reign for a while, goes off the beaten path like he's supposed to, and, and, and he's not supposed to. And he, and he begins to do things that are not of God. And the Spirit of the Lord departs from Saul. And Samuel's troubled, and he's talking to God. And God says, listen, I'm not through with you, Samuel, and I'm not through with my people. Get up and go to the house of Jesse. And in the house of Jesse, you shall find of, of his sons I have found me a man after my own heart and it was Samuel it was that little boy it was that little boy that took a horn of the oil and poured it upon David's head and anointed David to be king the greatest king that ever lived in the nation of Israel the one that would take down Goliath I'm talking about the one that this day to this day the city of Jerusalem is known as the city of David but there would not have been a David if there would not have been a Samuel there would not have been a Samuel if there would not have been a Hannah. Are you hearing me? I'm telling you, you may not know what God is birthing through you. You may not know what God is bringing out of you. It may seem insignificant to you, but if you'll take what God has given you and give it to God, give it right back to God, God doesn't tell you to lose it. God doesn't tell you you can't still be in His life, but you need to give it to God because when you release it and give it to God you will be blown away by what God can do with your gift come on give the Lord a praise right now somebody give the Lord a praise hallelujah thank God for Hannah thank God for Samuel because because of Hannah there is a David there's a lot more to Samuel's life I may preach about Samuel in this series a lot more to Samuel's life if you're here today 
and you are struggling with your relationship with God, there's no greater gift than you can ever give your mama than to tell your mama that you gave your life to Jesus on Mother's Day. You want to give your mama something that will make her smile? You want to give your mama something that will lay her bed, her pillow down, her head on that pillow tonight and rest knowing that her son or her daughter has come back to God? If that's you, I'm going to challenge you to come down to these altars right now. Let me lead you in a prayer of repentance. Thank God for you, sister. Is there anybody else? Is there anybody else? Is there anybody else? Is there anybody else? Hallelujah. Come on. You know your mama's been praying for you. You know your grandma's been praying for you. Don't, don't fight it. Anybody else? Mm. All right, sister, thank God. Stretch your hands. Mandy, can you come and just put your hand on her back? Stretch your hands towards those that are in the altars right now. Let's pray this prayer together. Father, in the name of Jesus, today we ask you, Jesus, to forgive us. Forgive me of my sins. Come into my heart and save me. Jesus, from this day forward, I will live for you and for you alone. I am saved in the name of Jesus. Come on, give the Lord a praise right now. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord.